This is KP from Go Home Heat, introducing the first of two podcasts this week. You are listening to Pod One, featuring Clint Horton and Christian Macon. These men grew up around wrestling royalty. Clint discusses his wrestling fandom via growing up near the Armstrongs of Gulf Breeze, Florida. Then we transition into a discussion of the WWE Pensacola House Show last weekend at the Civic Center. About a half hour later, I interview Christian Macon, and he talks Pensacola's Anawari and Fatu family before talking the same house show. The point of both these pods is to discuss how live wrestling entertains the internet wrestling community and the novice similarly. The premise will be showcased in pod two, being released later in the week, as I talk to three folks who take wrestling in completely differently. Also, and maybe more importantly, the WWE markets to the nerd like myself, the I keep up with my wrestling through social media guy, and even if you walk in the door with no prior knowledge to what wrestling is, all of you can get ready for a spectacle over the next few hours at a house show. Now, get ready for... Welcome to Go Home Heat. A wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. We have guests to the program. Clint, tell the people who you are. Yeah, brother. Well, Kevin, first of all, thanks for having me on, man. Love you, brother. Appreciate it. Man, Clint Horton, I'm a longtime Florida boy of California, living here in Pensacola for, my God, 30 years, feels like. Just a local business guy working at a brewery here in town. I work with Kev here and there with uh, Markable Sports, uh, broadcasting sports and good things around the panhandle. But let me tell you, this is a diehard wrestling fan from day one. Let's put it that way. Okay, well, let's piggyback right there. What got you into wrestling? Well, my dad would take my sister and I to the Pensacola Municipal Auditorium back in the early 80s to watch wrestling. So I think it was something that my dad just wanted to hang out with the kids and go do. So we'd go down to the Pensacola Auditorium and see my superheroes live. What's cool what you said there is I've had one conversation with Scott Armstrong. And yeah. I can't remember what was going on, but a friend of mine that knew him asked him if I could call him about something. When I was talking to him, I kind of couldn't help. I'm literally, dude, because we're, we're Pensacola guys. So the Armstrongs, yeah. I mean, it, people now yes. think of Roman Reigns from Pensacola, which justifiably no. so. But, sure, sure. But the Armstrongs were Pensacola wrestling. I mean, they owned the company with Fuller. They 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 yes. did the t- this was their territory and that yes. there was there were sons and then there was of course the matriarch bob who was bullet bob the greatest thing yep. since sliced bread yeah and i told scott that day i said hey man just so you know i mean your dad was literally my first besides superman you know what i mean your dad was my guy <laughs> you know what i mean like we would stand in like first grade, uh, you know, on Monday morning, we'd stand at the water fountain and, and argue about who who Bob Armstrong yes. was going to fight and all that, you know. Yeah. And, and in my little man cave ish area I have here, I call it an office, but that's not really fair to it. I'll, across the chair that's draped across from me is a, an autographed, and I think you'll get a kick out of this. 
It is a Sunray Taco shirt. <laughs> From it's called the Wrestling Smackdown because they would ha- let people come in there on that day and watch the shows, and it's autographed by Steve Road Dog Scott Armstrong, and I had the lady who got it done for me. Dee Dee was her name. That she's still around. Thank Dee Dee's her name, and she's wonderful. And I said, could you get Bob to sign it to Georgia Jawjacker? Because that was like one of his oh, first little gosh. monikers, right? So that's what I that's what I look yep. at the whole time I do my pods. It's freaking crazy. So the Armstrongs is how you got in. Huge, huge. And I was, you know, I was, I, so I grew up watching those guys at, you know, in your municipal auditorium right down the road there, which is long gone. And uh, I went to Gulf Breeze Middle School and High School and Brian James Road Dog is in my cl- was in my class, and we lived in the same neighborhood, so we, we became fast friends. So not only did I watch these guys, I got to I got to know these guys. So I right. would hang out with Brian, and all these wrestlers would come over to the house, and kind of a peek behind the curtain a little bit, but it was still. Right. They were superheroes to me, and I would just, I, you know, they would talk to me, and I would just be speechless. You know, I'm still right. this little scrawny, little redheaded kid, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to just want to be big like them and just, mm-hmm. you know, put on muscle. I just watch them work out. Right, because uh, they so would that, work out in the garage and stuff, right? Nonstop, nonstop, <laughs> and they, 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 and they'd eat like monsters. They're constantly eating. Brian James's mother was. One of the best cooks I've ever seen. She was just constantly cooking for all these guys that would come over. Have you ever followed God on like Twitter and all that? I have not. Pick him I up. Have not. Pick him up because you'll get a kick out of it because he puts like one meal a day that he's cooked himself on there. Oh, I love it. So it's fascinating that you say his mom was a great cook. Bob. Oh, my God. Bob was cool to y'all? Very cool. Very cool. You know, he was uh, very private. Mm-hmm. Um, he would... He'd work out a lot. He'd go into his office and do a lot of work in the office. Uh, he was pretty private. Well, think about and it in hindsight, right? He's not yeah. only the owner. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. not only booking the territory. He's also the name on the card for the last, the last, you know, he's the marquee guy. Yeah. He's he's yeah. Roman Reigns, and he's also yeah. Paul Heyman, and he's also Triple H, and he's also Vince McMahon, if you want to look at it in that Pecking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he wore he wore every hat. He had every he wore every hat in that and, business. To keep that thing function. Everybody in his garage lifting weights depended on him to provide for their families. Yep, that's a lot yep. of pressure. And he, and he was trying to raise, you know, these. I think at the time, I'm positive at the time, Brad was already up in Atlanta or somewhere else. Brad had already gone off, uh, but he still had Scott's. Well, Steve Scott. Yeah, about that time, I want to say I want to say Scott was already out of the house, but it was pretty much Steve and Brian. But Scott was always there. You know, he was trying to raise these three bucks. Yeah, you know, right. These guys are monsters. Right. Yeah, and Brian, Brian was still kind of growing into his frame. You know, so he was still a lanky. You know, he 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 told me back in the day that he didn't want to go into wrestling. He was going to do something else. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, good luck with that. Dude, well, that's and, funny uh, because he was born to talk on a mic. Oh my God. He was his, he was all I did. We would just run around the, the rough streets of Villa Venice, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but we would just run around riding our bikes, skimboarding, playing football. And he was just so funny. All I did was laugh. You know, right. we just have a great time. There'd be a group of us all together just running around, having a good time, you know, just 
wrestling, being physical. As a matter of fact, we had one project Brian and I had to do in, uh, I think it was a in chorus at Gulf Breeze. And we said, hey, let's put on a wrestling skit. And uh, I acted as like Gordon Soley. Oh, it's kind of a yeah, man, I was old school. He came in, then we had a couple guys involved, and we did like a skit in front of the class, and Brian came in there, and he had a confrontation with another guy, and we played it out, and the whole room was just floored. They didn't know what was going on. You know, he put <laughs> this kid through the table. The whole bit, it was it was unbelievable. The chorus teacher was more or less saying, you guys didn't sing a song or do anything. <laughs> We're like, hey, we put on a performance just like a good wrestler could. And, of course, Brian carried the whole thing. So yeah. it was awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. Now, how do you watch your wrestling currently? Currently, you know, I, I so I have two boys. I have a 21-year-old right. son and a 15-year-old son, and I've pretty much I've done the same thing my dad did. I got them into wrestling early. It's kind of a way for us to hang out and spend time together. So we'd watch all the wrestling that we could. So my oldest son, the 21 year old, he couldn't make it to this past Sunday's event, but my 15 year old did. We'll sit here and watch raw every once in a while. Not as much as we used to. Right. We'll get, we'll catch a lot of YouTube recap clips. We kind of do that pretty religiously. We'll right. hold to see what happened on SmackDown, what happened on AEW, what happened on anything, but that's right. a lot of YouTube for us. Right. Right. Well, I think you do, I think you hit it on the head right there because WWE markets themselves across all forms of social media. And I think it's funny when people act like, oh, I don't, you know, Logan Paul, the IWC, you know, the inter, the internet wrestling community, they don't understand and I really don't think I think they understand. I think that they feel like why are you trying to always bring people into our tent? Mm -hmm. And WWE mm -hmm. has always been the gateway drug for all of a wrestling because yes. they, they're the ones who grab the little kids. They're the ones who grab the people that stay on Instagram and Twitter. And, and even before that, you know, with Hulk Hogan, they, yeah. they mark, you know, uh, rock and wrestling and cartoons and whatever. They do yeah. a great job. And right now YouTube is the way you advertise for your product. If a person like you, for example, you have right. two children. Yep. You have a life and you have a job that has you away from the house at night sometimes. Yep. And so you can't watch every show all the time. Can't do it. Right? Like I, I wind up with Monday Night Raw. I wind up, I, I'll go, I have to go to work early anyway. So I wind up putting the Hulu version of it on while I'm walking around doing stuff. Yeah, in, in, at my work, you know what I mean. Just so I can yep. kind of get, and then I, when I come home, I, me and Ray will watch. I'll, I'll go back over and say, "Hey, man, check this out. Check this out. Check this out." I get what you're saying because you can keep up that way really, Absolutely. really well. And so Absolutely. you watch the rumbles, you watch. I, we, that's another one where we actually all three of us, my two boys, myself, we sat there and did the recap. Okay. Together, yeah. yeah. What about Mania? You can watch that. Absolutely. That yeah. was uh, for years. I would have my sons get all their friends together yeah. and I, I'd, I'd get it for the kids. You know, I'd say 80% of them didn't really follow it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but they were glued, man. By the end of the right. night, you know, right. they, were they were locked in. Now, did they follow on afterwards and follow it? Maybe not, but 
for that night, they were locked in, and it was it's spectacular. Well, I think the WWE appreciates that style of fandom, too. I have, like, four freaking Twitters because of work mm-hmm. and the other podcast, me, personally. And so, yeah. so I wound up following different aspects of people that do entertainment or, like, a guy that does – follows recruiting for Bleacher Report. And so many people that don't watch wrestling watch WrestleMania, even as adults. And I think WWE loves that along with the fact they need the hardcore fan. Yes. But they also can drive advertising by saying, hey, Mania has this many views, 4 million views. Our YouTube channel, Roman had 20 million views of him getting hit with a chair by Sami Zayn, that kind of thing, right? Now, when when you go to this show, do you... I'll just be honest with you, Clint. I think, yeah. I think you yeah. and I are a lot alike. I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. we're really getting I, – I get a kick out of you at Marketable Sports. I, I, that's one of the most fun things. It's, it's awesome, like, isn't it? Dude, it was like a shot of adrenaline in my life yep. when those yep. people came along. Yep. Um, Johnny and Coach and, and Marshall. What I was going to say is I feel like we're similar in that we talk. Yep. So when you roll into a wrestling arena, you talk to people that are around. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, and it's great because you're in there with your tribe and you're just having fun, just right. having fun with it. And you, you, the escapism of it. I consider it my stories. I've been watching these stories forever. <laughs> like your you grandmother in the, General Hospital. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. Me too. Yep. They're Me too. my stories. And you can see how it's developed over the years. You can, and there's so many dynamics to wrestling like that. You can look at the just the match itself. You can look at the the technique. You can look at just how the show is being produced. You know, just you can just it's just all consuming, and I just, I just love it for that. There's so many aspects to it that, especially the live show, that you can just soak it in. And I think I'm smiling the whole time. Absolutely, permagrant. Absolutely. Yep. And when you yep. walk in the building, WWE, you know, they, our Civic Center has upgraded its TV screen that's above the ring and all that. Yep. And yep. Then yep. you had the huge stage. And so when you walk in, it felt big time, even though it was a house show. The presentation mm-hmm. of the wrestlers was big time. When Bray Wyatt came out, did you enjoy that oh, part? Yeah. That was great. That was great. Um, I love the lights going out. Let me tell you. Something I thought about, one of the takeaways I had from that night was Bray and just how, I, you know, I don't care if people like his, what he's doing, his shtick and all. That dude is a bull. <laughs> he is, I, I kept thinking, this guy is so, he is so physical. Right, right. You know, and I'm thinking, my God, I would not, a, a, a lot of the wrestlers that, that night and a lot of the big boys. He he puts a thumping on you, man. It, right. You can hear the body to body with that guy. It is yeah. he's scary to me. And whether it was Husky Harris or <laughs> or Bray or what we get, you know, the Eater of Worlds or the you know whatever you want, the, the fire the fireflies. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what persona he's put on, he has always been a bull, and it's bull. And when people Speed. say when people complain about what he does, I think to myself. <laughs> Well, geez, we have literally an entire world of people that just wrestle matches. Yeah. And I love them all. Yeah. But what's wrong with having one dude that does something else? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you know, he's not stiff, but he's, he's just, you know, when when they do body to bodies off the, off the rings and they meet in the middle, I mean, you just feel it. You can hear it. I mean, he'll go up there with anybody. I'm talking any big boy in the business. He is, he's a thumper. 
You know how so they, it's fun to watch for that. I just like that physical side of that, you know, that, that level of athleticism. That's another thing that I love. And that's another thing that drew me to wrestling was just the pure athleticism. Now you texted me about Ricochet during the thing. Oh my God. He's for me. That's the guy. That's the guy that stole the show for me. Just from once again, just sitting there watching it and analyzing and watching how he sells, watching his athleticism. Just he, he should be what he should have a belt. I don't care which belt, but she had the belt at all times. He is to me. He was my favorite of the show. Just, of course, obviously the high flying, the more modern style of wrestling. But uh, just his physique, his athleticism, his high flying and just the way he sells, man. I, I thought he was the best for me. I'll tell you what. You'll get this. My, my son's not into sports, which is cool. You know what I mean? Uh, he, yeah, uh, totally. he's, he's not living my life. He's living his. And we found other ways, wrestling being one of them. But my dad took me to my first sporting event. I was, it was like 1979, 1980. I was like nine, eight, nine years old. Ron Simmons, Florida State mm-hmm. versus Jim mm-hmm. Kelly in Miami and all that. And so we've had a million moments where something happened in front of us in a sporting event, and we both stood up at the same time. Right. The first time I got that moment with Ray was at a uh, NXT TakeOver show, and it was Ricochet's debut. And I knew him as Prince Puma. So did Ray. Because, and Ray was young at this point. Prince Puma in um, Lucha Underground was a persona he had. And if you ever go to YouTube, check out some of that Lucha Underground shit. Uh, It's the best, like, it was my favorite thing. It was so crazy. It's like uh, Luchador Wrestling in South L.A., dude. It's it's nuts. (laughs) So when he came walking out, I hit Ray on the arm. I'm like, that's that's Prince Puma. And then he does a spot where he's climbed a ladder that's in the ring, and the guy's pushing the ladder up while he's on it. And he realizes, you know, in script, he realizes, oh, the ladder's going to fall. I have to do something. And he sees them all fighting in a pile outside of the ring, and he does a backflip onto them. Wow. And that was the first time my son and I raised up together, and we had that moment that I'd had with my dad a thousand times. Blown away. Yeah, right. Collectively blown away. He's so <laughs> incredible. He's so incredible. Now, did did any of the reactions that any of the wrestlers got surprise you? Uh, you know, not really. You know, I'll tell you, I, I was honestly, I was a little taken back with, I think when Solo and Jimmy at the end of their match, you know, were saying, hey, Pensacola, you know, this is one of our own. And the crowd was kind of quiet. For me, for, I thought the place should have come unglued. Right, uh, right, I get for it. That. I don't know why. I don't know if they were ready to go to the concession stand or something like that. I don't know. But uh, it, overall, the reactions were about what I expected. Well, they popped like crazy for Jimmy. Yes. They didn't know Solo that much. No, they didn't. Right. I, and I, I thought when and when Jimmy was saying, hey, this is one of our own, boom, boom, boom. I was hoping, I was trying to, me and my son, we were trying to come unglued. Right. You know, right, 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 right. Out, you know. Absolutely. Was, Absolutely. And, and he did get a pop. It just wasn't. Yes, he did. It wasn't, it wasn't the wasn't. same pop that other, no, other things man. happened. Right. No. Like Cody got. But I thought one thing that shocked me was how over brawling bruisers Seamus and the crew are. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the people loved them. And I tell you, it tell, that tells you a little bit about how many more people watch SmackDown on – because that's the Pensacola guy's show, right? You know, Sheamus and his crew have been beating people up on that show so much. And it's like they knew, okay, th- these guys are going to rough these other guys up. And I think part of it also had to do with how much they hate Imperium. 
Yeah. You know, because you they Imperium does a great job of selling themselves yeah. as just They look good. They look good. And what you said was so good about Ricochet and Imperium too is really good at selling for one another. I think Shay, yep. Seth is a really good seller too, you know. Yeah. And Cody obviously is great too. Um uh, I thought Charlotte's presentation was incredible and I also felt yeah. like I knew Becky was going to get the reaction Becky She got. did great. Yeah. But when I read the internet, I think or my Twitter feed, I mm-hmm. think, well man, not everybody likes Charlotte, but man, I tell you I, what. I, she is When you're there, people like her. Charlotte is I, I told my son this. I tell him all the time. Charlotte is Guy, girl, I don't care. She's in my probably top five right now. I just, I loved, she's a pro. I, right. What I look for a lot of times is I look for the big names, which I saw in Charlotte did it this time. Becky did it. Yes, they're at the, they're at the top of the heap. But even at shows like we saw, they're still selling. They're still involved. They're still engaging with the crowd. Um they're just professionals, man, and that's what I'm looking for. That people at that level, I'm looking for the professionalism along with being an athlete and putting on a show. Right. I want to see how they're helping out. Uh, she just, I think she's just fabulous. I, I, you see in all her matches on TV, she is. She's a team player, man. We talk about that all the time when you and I do broadcast, just being part of a team. Right. She's a team player, and she's also probably one of the highest drawers, making big money. But she's here for the team, and that's what I like. Well, that's I what I appreciate. That's funny because the opinion on her went away from what you just said for a little while. Yeah. Right. Well, she's always had that persona, right? Of my, but that's the flair. You're supposed yeah. to think, oh, well, her her shit don't stink, right? That's what you're right. supposed to think, right? Right. Which is actually, I just stole that from a Shelby who works with me and went to wrestling for the first time, and I just did an interview with her a second ago, and she was like, yeah, you could tell she doesn't think her, you know. <laughs> For a while, and this is probably sure. three years ago, I thought Charlotte was one of the best wrestlers in the world. And it didn't matter. You didn't have to say yep. woman, right? Right. And right. then something happened, and I don't know, right around that time period where she had the issues with Becky and all of that off screen, and it, yep. she went away. When she came back, right now, you know, as she's come back, you remember she takes the belt from Ronda. You can tell. She just needed a break. She's back to yeah. doing and being who she is. Being a pro. And Becky yep. just, I mean, you know, her and Seth just live it. They wrestle on Mondays. If they get invited, they wrestle on Friday. They wrestle on Saturday and Sunday. And then when they go home to Davenport, Iowa, they run the wrestling school. You know wow. what I mean? Like, that's all they yeah. do, you know, and they have a coffee shop, too. But so they drink coffee and wrestle. That's it. And do CrossFit, you know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 crazy, but but you can also tell that in their performances. Uh, Bianca is a star. The crowd treated her like that. Is there what what was like your favorite thing match wise? Match wise, uh, I liked you know. There's of course Cody and Seth. You know you're talking about pros. You're looking at. Yeah, two of the best storytellers out there. You know, the match wasn't as high flying as I would like to maybe seen, but I get it, man. Right. I totally get it. These guys do it. <laughs> we got to keep them safe. We got right. some big events coming up. We need to keep them, keep them healthy. Uh, but you just see the classic wrestling with them. So I kind of enjoy that. I did feel flashbacks again, of back of just the old school wrestling, you know, right. Arm rocking right. a little bit, kind of stalling a little bit, telling the story. I enjoyed that, but I like seeing the big boys, you know, mix it up. Seamus always puts on a great show. Man. He's another, he, too. he's another pro's pro, you yeah. know, he, he lives it. And mm-hmm. 
you know, outside the ring, when you see him doing things, you know, like he, he's a big uh, English Premier League soccer fan, and you'll see him promoting that. And he's still in character, still Seamus, but just again, his physical. I like seeing the big boys mix it up. Braun was great. Braun looked like he had a good, uh, like he's glad to be back. Right. He had that look of he looked happy. Right. Does that right. makes sense. You know, yeah, he looked yeah. he he was in there having a good time. That was kind of fun to see. Kind of a little bit of the behind the scenes rolling over to the show. He looked yeah. like he was he was he had some good enthusiasm to him. And of course, just seeing that beast. You know, he's just a monster. Yeah, he's different. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, overall, I thought it was just I thought the show was fabulous. I really did. I love the production that the, the the WWE does. You know, when the show starts on time like it always does and it ends on time i like that i just like the professionalism you get your money's worth um it's great entertainment just overall i thought the whole show was fabulous i really did i absolutely enjoy it bro i was home by nine forty-five. yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like my wife and yeah. i didn't even miss our sunday night shows yep yeah, you know? it was clockwork. It's absolute clockwork, man. So and I good. appreciate that. I really appreciate that. You know, we got stuff to do. Well, dude, think know? about it. What part of they they market themselves to a group of people? One group of people they market themselves to are parents with kids. Yep. And that show starts at five on a Sunday afternoon, and it's done. It's it's done in time for you to get home. Yeah. You can have your kids in bed now. They, are they going to go to bed? It depends. The the four year olds <laughs> that were behind me. They were bonkers for three hours. I bet. Jacked. Yeah. So, jacked. so I would assume they fell asleep before the car got home. You know, <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. the best night's sleep they'd had. Dude, um, you going you gonna to watch Mania? Yeah. You, you already absolutely. said you were. Um, who you got? Yeah, that's, you know, I, I think Roman, they're going to keep riding that horse for a long time. How, how, you know, I love Cody. I love what he's doing. Um, great look. Holy cow, his robe, his everything. When he came out, both, by the way, Seth and, and, and Cody just looked the best. Yeah. Their, their their outfits were just yeah. popping. You yeah. can see the big dogs getting the nice fabrics and the yeah. nice uh, <laughs> bedazzled. But uh, I like his look and everything. But I think Roman is just, he's just a moneymaker. He's, he's, he's too big for the business. You know, just he's, he's, everyone knows who he is now. You know, right. everybody, if you're a fan or not, it doesn't matter. Someone, your little aunt Sue is going to be say, Hey, I know that guy. Right. I know that Roman Reigns guy, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. keep the WWE on everybody's lips. So I think based on that, just based on behind the scenes promotions and stuff, I, I just see, uh, I see Roman just rolling. Did, tell me this. This is what I think with Roman, and I don't necessarily agree with you on, on what you said right there as far as mm-hmm. whether or not he'll win, but there's a different mm-hmm. reason. I think Roman decides when Roman takes a break. Yeah. Yeah, he has that clout. I think he's got that clout. He's got that pull, man. I think he says, hey, you know what, man? Let old boy carry it for two months. Let me let me go home. That's true. That's true. You let, know, me, it, let, me catch, it, let me catch my breath. Now, I don't have any insight into Roman's psyche and whether sure. or not he feels like, you know, I've been running it hard for a while. He did reduce his schedule a little bit, so maybe he, he walks into the, the meetings and says, you know what? I can hang. I yeah. kind of like being the biggest thing in the world right now. It's pretty cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's one thing, too, is that's the the thing about – and it was always frustrating with the Hogans and all that when we were younger because they would they would never give it up. But by the same token, I mean, 
would you? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Somebody was complaining about LeBron James the other day, and I and I, I said to him, it was online, and I said to him, I said, hey, I mean, if I was LeBron James, I mean, if you think he's a jerk, bro, yeah. if I was yeah. LeBron James, I'd be a jerk. Different level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you Different wouldn't have level. to. You wouldn't have to ask me if I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'd be talk. I'd be coming into my basketball arena like Roman. Acknowledge yeah. me. <laughs> well, you know, we were kind of talking about this. I was talking about this the other night with some guys. You know, literally just last night, a couple people up to the brewery, and we were chatting about the LeBron and things like that, talking about the power he swings is one of the most. I mean, that's a different level of human. Up and what he does and what he has to go through and, mm-hmm. and it's not a it's not a pity party or woe is me but you know if this guy tweets one thing we're talking the stock market can make a move up or down i mean that's the kind of power this guy swings so right that's a that's a it's just a different stratosphere that these cats live in right you know i'm trying to say so it's right. I, I i cut a lot of these guys a, a lot of just a lot of slack uh, you'll get this I'm a, I'm like a literally a lifetime Axl Rose fan. Yeah. So I'm totally able to give anybody a little leniency on poor behavior. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Chris Robin Chris Robinson stood me up on two of the five concerts I bought tickets to that he was in. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I can promise you, if he comes around again, I'll be there. <laughs> yep. 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 All right, man, dude. I appreciate you so much, Clint. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. Kevin, anytime, my man. I'll see you soon. Awesome. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the GIN Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. Folks, we have a guest to the show today. Welcome to Go Home Heat. Christian, tell the people who you are. Yeah, so I'm uh, Christian Macon, a uh, local Pensacola guy, born and raised, big, big wrestling fan. So that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. We know each other through work. You are a food rep wholesalish. Yep, that's it. I'm slinging chicken wings and green beans. That's about it. <laughs> I myself <laughs> sling some chicken wings for sure. They can whatever pays the bills, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. For sure. Before you did do a little coaching periodically. I was a high school baseball and football coach from, gosh, since about 2010 all the way up until this year, and decided to take some time off and spend some time with my kids and. And the wife, she likes me not uh, being gone from January through August with baseball. And then when I was doing football, it was you roll out of baseball right into football. So, yes, I am, I'm, I'm helping out. I'm coaching my daughter's track team now, which is, which is fun. And just being able to hang out with the wife and kids has been great. Dude, that's got to be a blast coaching track. How, how old's your daughter? I apologize for not knowing. She, no, she, she's nine. We're just trying to get her into the sport. Really good at it, and she doesn't know it. So we we have a little track team, and uh, you know we've got like 15 kids on it, and we we just kind of show them the basics. It's you know we're not really doing straight events, but we're showing them how to run a 220 and a 440, and focusing on relays and you know, proper handoffs and things like that, proper running, proper breathing, and just good to, to get them in. I had something like that when I was a kid. We had like a, a, a running team at school, and that's where I learned all this stuff at a very young age. And I think that helped me tremendously as I grew up, knowing how to run. So I'm trying to pass that on to her and anybody that wants to learn. I was watching some guys run track, and they were running long distances. 
and there was one guy whose feet barely touched. It was just, just the balls of his feet and his toes, and his stride was beautiful. And then you saw an, you know, a couple other guys who their whole foot hit the ground, and you could tell how much more that guy's working than the sure. guy with the good stride. It's crazy. I tell the kids all the time. I mean, they're you know seven, eight, nine, and some are ten, but I. I tell him all the time, I'm like, you should, you should watch a deer run. I said, that, that was my track coach. That's what he told me. He's like, you want to run like a deer? And it's like when a, when a deer runs, it barely touches the ground and it almost just glides on the ground. Like it's barely running. And, and I, I tell the team all the time, I'm like, guys, you, you, you see these guys and girls out here, they're swinging their arms all around and their legs are going a mile a minute. I was like, they're, they're just wasting their energy. We, we gotta, we gotta conserve it and use proper form. Well, we've talked about the fact that you know the NOI family and all that. Yep. You grew up with them, or uh, Joe Roman Reigns, Joe NOI, and I have known each other since we were seven years old. Joe's mom worked with my dad for thirty years, and then we became very close with the family. You know, my my father is very close with with every member of them, uh, going all the way into the Fatus as well. So Joe and I, like I said, we we started playing t-ball together when we were seven, and then I met his cousin. Josh and Jonathan that moved down uh, when we were eight and we all played baseball together at Myrtle Grove and grew up a few blocks from each other and the twins dad junior Fatu became very close with my father you know they still to this day in junior is Rikishi my, my dad to this day still is very close with junior they talk quite often and when they did one of the WWE documentaries on Roman Reigns Joe asked my dad to, to be in it and and kind of talk about him and you know it's funny like when I when I see those guys and I, I see I did see John Fatu a lot more when he was living here it's like when you see those guys and it's it's wild it's just like we're we're friends again and we're in high school, you know, and it's like nothing changed. They, you know, they travel the world and then they come back to Little Old Pensacola and they're just the same guys that grew up on 67th Avenue, you know, so it's, right. it's pretty wild to see it. Roman has an air of uh, maturity about him, more so than even most adults. Uh, it, yeah. At least that's the persona he presents, but Jimmy sure. and Jay, for uh, you know the TV purposes, they have... Uh, air of uh, almost there's a kindness about them and a mischievousness about them and and I've always found them to be entertaining and and, uh, I've never heard anybody really say anything bad about any of the three of them no and I couldn't say anything bad about a single member of that family that I know Um, all the way from when I was coaching at Catholic Joe's sister Vanessa her and her and his other sister summer their daughters were going to catholic and there it, it was weird i told summer one day i said god it's just like seeing you in high school again it's just crazy and no they're all so nice just great people will do anything for you um i know I, I saw john out like in a Publix one day just like randomly and he walked up to me i didn't see him and he walked up to me and we started talking and um you know, and I, when you talk about the maturity level, I, I definitely would say, you know, the, the twins I always knew they were going to be wrestlers. Like, I can remember that when we were nine years old. Right. They, uh, they, they had a wrestling ring in their backyard. And they'd go out there, and they were doing flips off of it and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you just you just knew they were going to be a wrestler. And they told you they were going to be a wrestler. You know, and they, they were going to go play college football, but then they were going to be a wrestler. And it's funny with Joe. Joe is always, you know, I'm not going to be a wrestler. I don't want to be a wrestler. I don't want to be a wrestler. And then... I think when he got to college and, and kind of started to move on in, in his college career and football and whatnot, it was kind of like, you know, that WWE life kind of opened up for him. And, you know, he's, he's been through so much adversity, you know, wrestling there. I mean, the twins have too. And, 
you know, to continue to just persevere and, and grow your character and, and rebrand yourself. I mean, it was could have been very easy for for Joe to pack it in when the fans kind of turned on him on his first big push, you know, and he, he does and he comes back and then, you know, he has the leukemia and he comes back and they still kind of turn on him and to rebrand yourself and, and to, to become this character that he's become is, is awesome to watch. And I think that speaks of his maturity to, to not give up. And that's, that's the guy I remember for all these years is the guy that just never gave up. I can remember the first time we walked into high school together and we walked into the football locker room. Now, granted, I was five, nine and Joe was six, two. Um, <laughs> and we walk into the locker room together and they were like, freshmen go over there. And he's like, well, I'm on the varsity. And they're like, I don't think so. And he just kind of stood up to the two biggest guys in the room. and was like, we'll see you after practice today. Sure enough, after practice, they, they threw him that number 33 jersey and he was on the varsity. So, and, but again, just a great, humble guy. He's so nice. And, you know, when you, you see him out and, you know, and I, obviously I don't see them as much as I used to anymore. I, I saw John a lot when he lived here, but it's just great to see him. You know, and they're, they're always so nice and hug you and hug my mom and my dad and just great, great people. Well, t- tell me this. Did Joe always, because I, I assume this because I know he was, you know, the standout high school player. He was a fantastic yeah. player at Georgia Tech. If not for the leukemia coming in there, he might have been a Viking. Did he always feel kind of like a star? You know, I, I, I never got that from him. You know, he never, like, walked around campus like he was the big dog or anything like that, even though he was. Right. He never acted like that. He is probably one of the most humble individuals I've ever met. And, and again, the twins are the same way. Right. Just extremely humble people. And I think that just and, – and Rikishi was the same way. I mean, Junior was – you never would know. Like, I mean, when he was in his big time and his intercontinental push and stuff like that, he's home on the weekends, you know, watching high school football, sitting in the stands at Pensacola Catholic High School. Right. Know? And he's – he was just in New York City two nights ago wrestling in front of 40,000 in Madison Square Garden. You know, and it's like... Exactly. I, so, no, I don't I don't think Joe ever walked around like he was a star. I, I think he just... I think his driving force is his mom. Yeah. She is awesome. She is a fantastic woman. Taught him to be very humble, and I, I would say that's definitely something she prides herself in is what, what a great human being he is. He just feels like he oozes charisma. You know, and it's funny. It, like, growing up, I, my wife jokes, like, she, she had a huge crush on Joe. Like, you know, I think every girl did. My wife went to high school with us. And I think my I, wife uh, does right now. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny because that's just like, that's just that wasn't Joe. Like, he when he walked the hallways, he was the jokester you know he cut jokes always respectful to people he wasn't you know he went in he did his job what he's supposed to do in class went out played football went hung out with his friends i never his character that he portrays now on tv is just it's so far away from him when you see him on like the tonight show and stuff and he's laughing and he's smiling and like that's joe right right you know the the bloodline acknowledge me like no that's not him right (laughs) i have it on it's funny so i mean his dad Sika was the same way like i mean Sika never i mean he's a legend in professional wrestling and again would roll up to myrtle grove ballpark and watch us play football you know when he was just in japan it's wild to to kind of witness it but 
No, I, I, he, he never, in my eyes and in my opinion, I think if you ask any member of my family, they would say the same thing. He wasn't like that. It shows a little bit of an acting ability, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think, <laughs> you know, having, having a, I think that was a big knock on him in the beginning of his career was, you know, Mike's skills and just kind of his acting ability, if you will, in the ring. And I think nobody can say that now. I mean, there's no doubt he's the top attraction in the world. I don't, you know, I, I like AEW and that kind of stuff, but that storyline and his character, not just because I know him, has captured the wrestling world again and I, it's a credit to him and and to what he and WWE were able to do let's let's piggyback on that on that statement because a Roman wasn't in Pensacola now, this whole thing kind of centers around you being here kind of centers around sure. the fact that we both went to a, a house show last yeah. Sunday night pretty cool first time I've ever sat ringside I've sat oh. like five rows back six rows back but I was first row. I actually talked to Charles Robinson for like 15 minutes in between matches, got a picture with him, got his autograph. I was telling him about how, you know, I was jealous of him getting the Ric Flair robe and uh, that we kind of talked for a few minutes and yeah, it was pretty awesome. I'll have to show you the picture when I come in next week. I'll show you the picture of me and Charles Robinson. Oh, dude, please, please. And to see, that's I was, great I was too. Yelling at, I, was, I was yelling at him, come on, little Nate, count quicker, count quicker, little Nate. Right. laughing he's pointing over at us so yeah it was really cool absolutely that is great because you actually have a different vantage point in multiple ways now than from the rest of the people that i've interviewed about sure. that show because you were literally front row and i know i've was it weird for you to be at a show that roman wasn't at because he's always at the pensacola shows no not really because i've been i mean i also because i'm just i mean i grew up a huge wrestling fan my dad's a wrestling fan and, and my daughter is a wrestling fan and it wasn't weird being there i've been to shows before where you know like I, we went to a pensacola show one time back when rikishi was a, a big dog and he did not come I, I think if anything it kind of brought a little more mystique to joe and his character like right. he's a heel he's a heel and right. you're telling me this guy who's the champion of the world will not come back to his hometown like he's like oh the hell with your hometown it adds to the character and plus also having cody rhodes which i i, I am a cody rhodes fan i like the underdog story but to have you, you needed cody rhodes to be there because cody rhodes has to get some matches under his belt going to mania and he needs these house shows and you, there's no way you could put a roman reigns home in pensacola and you're still trying to get over Cody Rhodes. I mean, I don't know if you know, but like the merch tent was full of Cody Rhodes stuff. Right. Way more than anybody else's. Like two shirts, autograph, the weight belt. They're they're trying to push Cody. And I don't think you could have had Joe there as well, because I think it would have done a kind of an adverse effect. Now, granted, you're only talking about a couple thousand people in Pensacola, but with social media and whatnot, people send videos, pictures, it could it could mess up that thing that they're trying to do right now. To your point, to your point. The IWC, your your internet wrestling community, will sell you that people are beginning to turn on Cody already. Yes, and I, I listen to Busted Open Radio all the time when I'm out working. I, I really like what they do. Mm -hmm. And Bubba Ray Dudley kind of already started to say that, that they're already starting to turn. And I, I hate that. I right. hate that for Cody Rhodes because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a wrestling historian, and the American dream was – unbelievable and, and changing professional wrestling and it's like he never got a shot to be WWF champion Dustin never got a chance to be WWF champion even though he was the Intercontinental champion and and Cody's been the Intercontinental it's like they the, the Rhodes family needs this right you know and it's like right. if you're a real wrestling fan why would you not want that for this family it's like give closure to this family well, you know think, but again that's me think about this though too 
they'll tell you that Charlotte's not over with people. And that's not what I saw the other I, night. That's not I what I saw I with ag- Cody. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I, there, I, I, to me, you know, unless Sasha Banks, unless she was to walk back into a WWE ring right now, I don't think there's any woman in professional wrestling, in professional wrestling more over than Charlotte Flair. I mean, huh. I, I really don't. I mean, I, and I watch New Japan, and I watch AEW, and, you know, I watch some NWA stuff. I just don't. Watching Charlotte in the ring the other day, and, you know, she probably wasn't on her A game. But just watching her athletic ability is unbelievable. I mean, it's right. stupid how athletic she is. I think she could compete with any woman in the world. Or man. I'm with, like I said, yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I busted open. Bubba Ray Dudley is always saying she should wrestle men, and I totally agree. I, I think she could have some fantastic matches, some guys in the ring. Funny, if you include Rhea, you know, she could do it. Too. She could wrestle men, too. Bianca, Absolutely. Bianca, they have multiple women in WWE right now who could wrestle Men, and, and no Bianca, problem. Exactly. And like Bianca Belair, I, I will say about her, her husband, Montez Ford, is one of the biggest underused entire wrestlers in WWE for the last two years. Uh, he's one of my favorites to watch. He's like an ultimate warrior mixed with an Eddie Guerrero, mixed with some of the Lucha Libre style and WCW. Like his stuff is fantastic and yeah. they don't push him. And I like, I don't understand. I said something to Jonathan Fatu about it. I said, John. Why are they not pushing this guy? I was like, he can go. And he's just like, hey, man, it's just who they want. I'm like, no, I get it. I just, I think he's an unbelievable performer. And I've seen him live before as well. And it is, he's electric when he gets in that ring. Sometimes I think, like, I think they know that about Montez. And I think they think that Dawkins is a big deal too. But right now, I think they're worried about them. This is my opinion on that. I think that. The main event scene is so clogged up right now with talent. Sure. Like, Seth should have been a champion somewhere in there lately, right? The point of that is they don't want to break Montez out until they can push him. Right. Because after winning, after winning three matches, he's got to start fighting guys that are in the, in, in the title picture. Right. And, and you, then right. you can't have him go over. I, I think there's a conundrum right there of when to pull the trigger on something. And with guys that aren't as good as Montez, I'd be like, oh, man, they're, they're not getting it. But I don't, right. I, don't, I don't think Montez could come into catering and you not realize he's a star. Right. I mean, just his look. When he walks down that entrance ramp, it's, wow, this, this, guy, this guy's got it. Like, you know, what are we, is it because he's too thin or? You know what is I agree not with anymore. You. Yeah, right. But I, I, me personally, like if I was to see Roman Reigns and Montez Ford going to going to a ring together, I immediately going to think this dude Roman's going to kill him. But it's it's that David versus Goliath though, that you kind of want to see again that right. we don't have in WWE anymore. Now, yeah. So. yeah now. At the house show, were there was there any crowd reactions that were strange to you? Did you notice or Piper Nevin match? Yeah, uh, I Candace would say most people got up. Yeah, most people got up and went to the bathroom around me at that match, and I felt bad because it was a pretty good match. It was, but, it's, it, but again, it's it's I think it's people. You know, she got stuck in that dewdrop character or whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think Candace just had a baby not too long ago. Right, she'd been away know, for so. a bit. Yeah, and I think people are just like, eh, whatever, and they got walked away, and I'm like, eh, these are the matches you want to see. Um, so that one I felt bad for, and then um, I would say that I also I thought Ricochet. I'm not a Ricochet fan. Um, yeah. I think he's a great wrestler. I just I don't really buy into him. Uh, I thought the crowd could give a damn when he was in there. They wanted they wanted to see John and and Solo get in there, and they wanted to see Braun Strowman. 
that is an incredible statement, okay? Because what's funny is I have a, another friend who came on. And see, he had the opposite. He he was, I don't think he was reading the crowd reaction with Ricochet. He was just watching him, and he was like, my God, that guy's gifted. Go ahead. I have never, I think when he first came in, I was like, wow, this is a good good wrestler. I, and everybody has their opinions on Sure, you know, of course. I, I am just not a fan of his. I you know, it's funny because him and Montez are very similar style-wise, and I, I cling to Montez, but not to him. And it, I just, I don't know why. I, I thought when he got in the ring, you know, and he's a good wrestler. Don't get me wrong. He's right. a really good wrestler. It just, I thought he was he was kind of an afterthought in there. I thought they could have just put Strowman and the two Fatus in there and let <laughs> it, and had some kind of like handicap match or something. Like, I, I thought that was kind of a weird one. And then... Um, I think the uh, the Gunther match was actually a lot better than I thought with uh, with Sheamus and them. I, it was a lot better of a match than I thought it was going to be, and I think people were really into that. How um, how crazy over is Sheamus and his crew? It's unbelievable. So I was actually so uh, one of my really good friends. He was actually my high school defensive coordinator. He coached Joe as well and the Fatus, and he came with me and my parents to the show and. You know, we were talking about that. He's like, dude, I feel like I've been watching Sheamus for 20 years. And I was like, right. you kind of have, you know, and right. he's like, it's unbelievable how he's just continued. Now, I will say this. I was shocked at how small Butch really is. I loved him <laughs> in NXT as the bruiser weight. Oh, he's the greatest then, like, wrestler. He's, seeing him in person, when he walked by me, like, gave, like, you know, gave me a high five. I was like, I'm bigger than you. Right. You wouldn't want to mess know? with him, though. No, I got. It was funny. So you come out of there with nubs. Over, exactly. <laughs> after that match was over, you know, I, you know Gunther kind of walked by, and I said, "Hey, man, great job at the Rumble." He kind of nodded his head, and Sheamus walked by, and I had this like vintage Macho King shirt on. Yeah. Sheamus is into that kind of stuff, and he walked by. He was like, "Nice shirt, mate." Yeah. Like, All right, bro. Good to see you. Yeah. Yes. Acknowledgement. Yeah. Yes, I exactly. love that stuff. Exactly. But I would say that that one got a lot bigger. Like that got a huge pop. Well, Imperium's really good at selling. Yes, very good. And, you know, I think I wish we had like an all-American team, you know, like you look at back from like the 80s type when you had the right. you know, USA Hogan versus everybody else. Yeah. But I wish they had some kind of patriotic team to kind of go up against them because I think you could have an unbelievable feud. I just don't know if you have that team. I mean, they'll want to roll out Gable and Otis or something like that, but I don't think that's the team to go up against them. Um, but you could have a really cool storyline with them. Well, especially because they are they they do already kind of present Imperium like that. Yeah. You know, now to be yeah. right now you couldn't do it because of where he's at, but there is an sure. American nightmare in the company. You have a Survivor series, a war games, and an American mm-hmm. nightmare, and you have Imperium. Yeah. That could be magical. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't absolutely. know who you team with him, but that could be mad. Because, okay, okay, since we're there now, what did you think? First of all, all across the board, I felt like the wrestling was really good considering, obviously, we're a house show, Manny's coming up. I thought up. the wrestling was great for a house show. I've been to house shows before. Right. But it was like came out here and kind of played around. I thought the, sh- the wrestling itself was very, very good, very tight. Even sitting that close, I mean, Bray Wyatt literally almost flipped into my mom's lap. <laughs> Dude, I'm watching him take kendo sticks to the head. You know he's got a broke finger. Really? Yeah, it like points in the wrong direction right now. 
so he actually played football with one of my best friends at Troy. Oh. And uh, yeah, and so I was yelling at him when he was when he came over near us. I was yelling, "Go Trojans, go Troy!" Well, kind of flipped his flipped his hair at me like, "I know you heard me." Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So we're talking about. Cody a second ago. Cody and Seth wrestle. The crowd pops like crazy for Seth, but they really go nuts for Cody, and they were blatantly obvious. I felt like the match was really good. I felt like the, the ending was good. You know, you don't want him having to do four Cody cutters at a house show to get right. a win. Right. Uh, I felt like the Cody speech, did you enjoy all of that? Do you get it? Absolutely. I, I thought it was fantastic, and, and this is where I applaud the WWE. And AEW does this sometimes, too, when they go off air and go dark. They know people are going to record that. I mean, hell, I recorded it. Right. You know, they, they, they know that, and then they know they're going to put it on social media, and it's good because it kind of it humbled Cody, but it also like showed like, hey, I'm on the road for you, Roman. I came to your hometown, you know, did what I did. I think that's a great thing. Um, I thought the speech was great. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a Cody Rhodes fan. I couldn't wear my American Nightmare shirt, you know. So I, I was like, he is fighting Re- Joe at WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Should be wearing my American Nightmare shirt around all the Anawas. Right. But, uh, but I will say to Seth Rollins, I mean, what a performer. I yeah. mean, that dude for years and years and years has gone out and made people look good and continues to do it. You right. Know, just a fantastic performer. And I hope he gets another title reign sometime, you know, because he is, he is damn good at what he does. And, and so is Cody. I mean, it just those two mesh so well together. I, I was telling my buddy that came, I said, I said, that's a WrestleMania main event. Yeah, at some right point. There. Well, it was last That's year. The WrestleMania main event. I don't know yeah. who went on last. I don't know who went on last, but I know what the best match was. Absolutely. You know, and I, <laughs> I, I said, you put them inside a hell in a cell, mm-hmm. something like that at Mania. Mm-hmm. I said, it'd be one of the biggest draws of all time. I said, especially, you, you know, you let Seth bring up stuff about the dream and, and about Goldust and you play the mind games with Cody. I said, it'd be an unbelievable story. But I don't know what's going to happen in WWE right now, you know, with Vince wanting to sell and all that. But I think some of the storylines they got right now are pretty pretty good and better than they've been in years past. So hopefully they continue with them. A fascinating thing about WWE right now, as we, as we pivot down a home stretch right here, 5,000-something people were at that show. It only seats 7. It, it only is the wrong word, but it seats 7,000 when you have that style of setup with the big... Mm-hmm big screen on one side and in the walking right. area and all that. So that's a pretty good size house show. Yeah. And you're selling a lot of tickets for that. And I, I think they're doing that pretty much around the country. They're, they're getting close to selling out their live shows. They're selling out their SmackDown. They're getting 2 million now that Monday Night Football's over. They're getting 2 million views on both their shows. Right. The, it, it, there's an uptick going on there. They've almost sold out a stadium without really having announced any matches yet for Mania. You know, we really haven't started telling those stories yet. It's going to sell out without The Rock. And Cody right. versus Roman is a far better match than The Rock versus Roman. The story yeah. might not be as good because there is that thing. But, you know, go ahead. No, I agree. I think they could do, you know, I, I have a good buddy that used to work with me. And he works for a future company now in Alabama. We talk wrestling scenarios daily. The thing that we come up with that they could start doing now because you've got enough time until Mania 
is to have like a family versus family, the roads versus the analyze. And I mean, they traveled the same territory. Their fathers traveled against each other. Start making it personal. You know, talk about, you know, when Rikishi and Goldust fought for the Intercontinental title. Talk about Dusty and Dick Murdoch versus the Wild Samoans. Like that, that's what you bring up and you, 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 you'll get people my age and even my dad's age who watched that wrestling as a younger person. You'll get those people invested and those that haven't been involved in wrestling for a while will come back, number one, because it's WrestleMania. And number two, because you have a storyline of two of the greatest families in professional wrestling and their newest generation is about to go head to head main event for the biggest prize in the world. It would sell itself. That was, you could have that as the only match on the card and you pack the place if, if you build it right. It's interesting because what pops into my head when you say that is because they went a little personal on Monday when he's, you know, right. when, when Cody and, and Paul go, go face to face there and Paul gives him the whole, you know, Roman Dusty was you Roman, you know, just right. Which is, but it, that doesn't feel real, even though it was a good line and it worked. To me, the you know WWE is the very best at promo footage. Sure, the neat promo footage is Rikishi and Dusty standing across, Dustin standing across from each other. Yep. You can utilize that footage of the Shield versus you know you can utilize I mean, the old footage of Dusty own, wrestling. Them. Yeah, they own all the footage from all the territory wrestling. I you mean, could use that. Saying you you throw that up on the screen at Mania to start the show is is a, like even as a pre-show. Hey guys, we're gonna watch the Wild Samoans versus Dusty Rhodes, and it's maybe you have one match where the Wild Samoans bust open Dusty Rhodes. I mean, hell, he bled every other night. You know, have something where he's busted open, or have something where Dusty gets over on. I mean, there's there's bound to be footage you got from all the archives that you own that you could show that and immediately get people invested. I mean, that's just me. That's, that's the way I look at pro wrestling. I can remember my, my earliest pro wrestling memory, and I had to tell you this, I was thinking about it yesterday, was my earliest pro wrestling memory, I was three years old, and Hulk Hogan got crushed by Earthquake on the Brother Love Show. <laughs> and I can remember sitting in my living room being mortified. Right. This happened. And it popped up on the screen that if you wanted to send the Hulkster a, a letter to get better, this is where you wrote to. So I had my dad write a letter to Hulk Hogan for me. And a couple weeks later, I got this postcard. And it was it was a Hogan postcard of him lifting weights. And it said, thank you, brother, Hulk Hogan, autograph. Greatest thing in the world, okay? Hung it up on my wall until 1996 when he dumps on WCW and joins the NWO. And I ran and threw it off my wall and threw it in the trash. But that, that, but that shows, like, how invested I was in that character and in that storyline that I would throw away something I'd had for 11 years, you know, 10 years right. because of that of that character turning on me. And I think that you could do something like this. You could get, even in this short time, you could get these characters so invested with people that you could almost start a daggum riot inside the stadium at WrestleMania because it's going to be divided. Dude, that is so cool. Okay, so first of all, it's beautiful that you, you brought up what Hogan did to you as a kid. And at that house show, you had all these different kinds of people. And, like, I had these kids behind me that were crazy, and I just had a great time messing with them along with enjoying the show with them, giving them, giving them pounds when I'm walking out of the building and sometimes during the show, you know. What it does for you as a kid, you know what I mean? And, and how it yeah. gets your juices flowing and how when you go in there, whether it's with your kid or whether you're watching somebody else's kid, for a second or two, every now and then during the show, you're 13. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, the, my buddy that was with me, I mean, he's 
almost 50 years old and he's on the barricade shaking the barricade and chanting and cheering it yes. you know and it's, it was it's so funny because after he said he, so he's my son's godfather and he said hey whatever you want to buy your boy here's my credit card you go buy him shirts whatever <laughs> you want to go buy him he's like it's like i'm at disney world again yeah um, drinks are on me let's go you know and it's, yeah it's that feeling of just fun that you that you have that you're around is uh it's great. Sorry, my little one. My little one. Oh, it's good. And, play and, it's, and it's raining. If he's mad, he can't go outside and play. I get it. Um, I get it. So, so, obviously, we sat with, like, some of the other Anawais and some friends of mine that I grew up with, and we all grew up together. It's fun because, you know, like I said, I've been to a lot of these shows, and it, I get a feeling of, like, pride every time I go because it's just like, man, you guys achieved your dream. And I'm so blessed to be able to go and, and see you guys live out your dream. And and at the end of the show, you know, when you're the superstar for everybody, you come back in the locker room and you give me a hug and you're like, hey, what's up, brother? Good to see you, man. How's the family? How-? Like, it just, it means a lot. You right. know? I think anybody right. that's had a wrestler friend or family member, they kind of, they probably have that same sense of pride as well. So it's just like Bob Holly from Mobile, Alabama. So I went and saw a house show one time when the Rikishi character was first coming out. Yeah. He got us uh, tickets to go over there, and I love Hardcore Holly. I thought he was awesome, and I thought it was awesome. He was from Mobile, and we had family that lived in Mobile. So we went backstage, and I got to meet him, and he's such a nice guy. You know, he, he was actually giving me, like, workout tips while, was, while we were in the backstage. But right. it was really, really fun to, like, even to hear that crowd popping, Bob Holly was never a, you know, a major, major player. He was a great mid carter. You know, that place erupted when they said from Mobile, Alabama, from Murphy High School, you know, Bob Sparkle, he comes out. It's that place erupted, you know, and it's just it's great to have that for those guys because there's places they go where, like I said about, you know, the Piper Niven match where people get up and go to the bathroom during their match. Right. So it's, it's nice for them to have to have that pop. Well, tell me this, the solo match. And you were yes. there with some of the fans. How great was that for them? So I knew Solo or Joseph when he was little, little, little. Okay, so it's been a year since I'd seen him until he broke into wrestling. And uh, it was it was just weird. We, we turned around and we were talking to some of the people, and they were like, you know, that's Joseph. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot. Like, I remember him being, like, wrapped up in his mom's arms at the baseball game. There's a baby, you know, and it, it's so wild. He – out of all of his brothers and sisters, he is the most like Rikishi. Uh, I can remember Junior looking just like that. He's very quiet. Like I said, I don't have a relationship with him like I do his brothers, but it's uh, it was awesome to, for him to kind of get that pop and for them to say that, you know, he's from Pensacola and born and raised in Pensacola. And, uh, you know, I think that was a, I think that was a super cool, super cool thing for him. I felt, and they were very excited, obviously, because that's the first time he had that's the first time he had wrestled in Pensacola since he was wrestling like in the Indies. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it was, um, even though I, you know I don't know them and I'm sitting way up, it just felt like you were a part of something really neat to know that's his first hometown match. And to, and to, I, I did, and it was almost like it was it was almost like John passed the torch a little bit to him too. He did by kind of saying like, "Look, this is the next one." Right. You know, you guys need to acknowledge like this. This is the next big star. He is so much like Umaga or Eki, as we all know. My dad and Eki were very, very, very close. And uh, when Eki passed, it, it wrecked my dad. And uh, he reminds me so much of that Umaga character, but he's kind of making it his own. He's like a gangster bloodline Samoan Umaga. Like it's it's a great character, and I think. I think the skies are the limits. And then there's the other one that in MLW, I can't remember his name right now, 
Samoan werewolf. Yes. Uh, so I, I've been hearing rumors. He's my favorite. You know, yeah, I've been hearing rumors reading online and stuff that they're trying to work a contract out with WWE. And I think that would be another, if they want to continue this bloodline bloodline kind of thing or, or however they want to do it, if they're going to boot, you know, Josh out of the bloodline, you can insert him. And there's so many, so many aspects and ways they can go about things. It's just, it's great and fun to be, you know, able to see it and watch it and have it all pan out. It's just great. I can remember the, the living, sitting in my bedroom with my wife watching WrestleMania the first time Joe won the title. I can remember him fighting Brock Lesnar and Lesnar suplex City and him all over the place. My, my wife, every time he lands on his head, my wife's like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, he got you. Yeah. They got you. They captured yeah. you into right. that, you know? I kind of went through, I don't even know Brian really. I've seen him in places and said hello and stuff. I, I don't really know him. He wouldn't know who I am from Adam. And But when he won the title with the with the New Age Outlaws, I was like that. I was like, oh, my God, because I knew Bob's journey and how he had not – it'll be similar to what – even on a bigger level, what Cody will feel like when he goes over, right? Because Dusty yeah. had never gotten there. And as great as yep. Bob was and Bob had owned his own – Bob basically owned wrestling in our community and, yep. and yep. all of that. By the same token, he hadn't been the champ of the biggest company. You know, Let and, me tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a road dog story real quick. So I am coaching at Catholic High School, and we're playing J girls basketball is playing J High School. And they asked me, hey, man, can you take up money today? I called my wife. I said, hey, they need me to take up tickets and money at the gate. You okay? And if I stay, she's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And she's like, she calls me back. She's like, hey, you might have to cancel. You know, kid needs something, da, da, da. And she said, no, you know what? You go ahead and stay. I said, okay. So I'm sitting there taking up tickets, not really paying attention, looking at my phone. And all of a sudden, this voice goes, two, please. And I look up, and it's Road Dog. I, this was like right probably after, maybe during or after his TNA run. And I just kind of shared him, and I was like, I got two words for you. Mom, he goes, I hadn't heard that one before. So I said, hey, it's on the house. Thanks for all you did. Thanks for everything. And he said, oh, I appreciate it. So I'm sitting there taking up money. Well, later, he walks back over and was like, do you want an autograph or something? And I was like, that'd be great. So we took a picture. He autographed the napkin for me. And it was just awesome. You know, people came up to him and were – Talk, you know, people that knew him or asking him for autographs and stuff. And I'm sure at some point that probably looks a little old, but at the same point during their era and, you know, they, that, that hardcore era, they, they couldn't even go to the bathroom at a gas station without getting mobbed by people. And now right. it's probably weird to now you just kind of have to sit back. It's like Joe's dad, Sika. I mean, for years and years and years, he's this like terrible, scary Samoan guy. And then you see him sitting at the Waffle House on Fairfield. Like, nobody will still come up to him because they think he's a scary guy. <laughs> right. And he's like a, just a big teddy bear. You know? Right. So. You know, seeing wrestling through a kid's eyes. I'll tell you the story real quick before we wrap. I'm working at, at Sideline. We're on the beach, and this little kid says to me, I can't remember how. I think he had a wrestling shirt on, and I said something about his shirt. And he and this was years ago. He said, "I saw Umaga on the on the boardwalk," and he was like shaking. And I said, "Yeah, he's a, he's around here sometimes." He's and then I saw the kid. I was about to say he's from here, and I was and then the kid kind of looked at me like, "What are you talking about? Umaga's like this monster from another planet." You know what I mean? And right. I kind of had to change right. my story real quick to fall in line, and then I kind of winked at his dad and walked off. <laughs> Can't remember yeah, if I awesome. told him he like, throws children in the ocean or what, but you know. <laughs> so like when, they, like I see kids wear, because I mean I have a lot of wrestling t-shirts and yeah. I, I wear them and stuff. And if I see somebody with a wrestling t-shirt on, like it, I'll make a comment to them. Like I saw so I was in the mall for some reason a couple months ago, and this 
guy, kid, I, mean, I think guy's probably like 16, 17. He's walking along. He's got an NWO Wolfpack shirt on. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm walking by and I like throw the Wolfpack sign up and he does it back to me. And it's like, we didn't even have to say nothing, you know? And it's that, that's the bond that wrestling fans have. I mean, like, when somebody wears a Hulk Hogan shirt, you know, I'll make a comment or, or what, you know, I, it is. And it's when you see a kid like whose eyes light up when they see that larger than life character. It reminds me of what it was like the first time I saw Hulk Hogan or the first time I met The Undertaker or the first time I met Stone Cold. It was just unbelievable to, to meet those people in, in person. Well, dude, t- dude, that's a great place to wrap on, you know, because it, that is what it does for you. And it is our tribe. You know, that's the cool thing yeah. about going to a house show. It's 5,000 people that do this thing that you do. And if you go to WrestleMania, everybody, it's 100,000. Yep. Nobody's judging you. This is this is you and your people and, and what you want to do for sure. Right, and it's and you you have five thousand people, and everybody's wearing thirty different versions of their favorite thing. But it's right. all it's all the same thing, dude. I appreciate you coming on. This has been really great. I'd love to have you on again at some point, and I appreciate anytime, you, brother. You, you let me know anytime, and I'll be more than happy to come back and, and talk wrestling with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Go Home Heat. Thank you, Clint. Thank you, Christian for pulling back the curtain a little bit and letting us know what it's like to grow up around people who make a living performing for us, the wrestling fan, people who tell us the stories that we remember. Both Clint, Christian, Christian's younger than Clint and I, but we're going to have a little bit more diversity in the next episode as these two guys even though they knew different sets of people, they still grew up in the same town, liked pro wrestling from the jump, all that. Next episode, a young man named Steven, a little bit younger than us, 21 years old. How does he watch his wrestling? Well, he does it like most of us in the internet wrestling community. He watches all the shows. He keeps up on social media. His Twitter feed is full of all the uh, wrestling reporters, if you can call them that. And then you have Rick, who's a little bit older, not nearly my age, but a little bit older, has kids in high school. He's working a job during the day. He's working a job at night. He doesn't have as much time. He keeps up on social media. He follows his wrestling differently, watches some of the big events, enjoys keeping up with it, loves loves to go to the shows at the Civic Center. And then we also have a young lady, a mother, a new Mother, actually, she's got a baby at the house who went to a wrestling show with her brother who's really into it and was blown away by how much fun she had due to the -the over-the-top spectacle that it is in general. Also due to you guys, the wrestling fans, embracing her and telling her what's going on because the thing we love to do at house shows is talk to people we don't know. That's what wrestling fans do. Thank you for listening again. Check out our friends at the Game Project, the G-I-N-N project.com. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. Remember, at the end of the week, you're going to have Elimination Chamber. We're going to be marching. Well, we aren't, but the WWE is marching to WrestleMania. Will Sami Zayn steal that title? Who knows? I might throw something on the end of that next pod to tell you what I think about all that. But you know what? I might not. I'm not promising that. Please listen to the next episode. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Go home.